Hi, this is Lorene Scafaria. I'm the writer-director of Hustlers, and you are watching the director's commentary. Thank you so much for joining us. Here's that beautiful logo from STX Entertainment. I'm so grateful that they came along and rescued this film. <laughs> Gloria Sanchez, they were the ones who uh, acquired the rights to the article written by Jessica Pressler that inspired this story. This is a story about control. My control. Janet Jackson was always written into the script. This is a story about control. I had written into the script Janet Jackson voiceover. <laughs> so um, incredibly grateful that she gave us the rights to use this song. Sorry. Constance Wu is playing Destiny, and Meta Tally is Justice and Mercedes Rule as mom, the house mom. We shot in a real strip club in Long Island City called Show Palace. People had told me not to shoot in a real strip club, but I can't imagine it any other way. We wanted to get that scope, that size, that feeling of really walking in these women's shoes and following them from the locker room out onto the floor. There have been so many scenes in a strip club in every single movie and TV show ever, so I was really excited about getting to tell a story from the dancer's perspective. That's Big Jay Okerson. He's our DJ. I was really happy to just give him a microphone and, and have him be funny and fun. He's, uh, he's great. And we had about 300 extras in uh, in this strip club, so it was a really it was a really wild environment because we wanted to keep the energy up and make sure that we captured that electric, alive feeling of a strip club. But of course, wanted everyone to feel safe and comfortable. And so we had a, a comfort consultant and a stripper consultant, Jacqueline Francis, who goes by Jack the Stripper. She was our, our comfort consultant, and she and I would walk around making sure everybody felt safe and comfortable, and men and women, of course, and also letting the, the women know, our dancers, who a lot of them were real strippers, just making them feel like they were in control as, as they are. And so our dancers picked the guys and, and not the other way around. <laughs> This is where you get a taste of the Wall Street guys in their uh, in their natural habitat here at the club, and to see uh, the exchange of money here. There's such a stigma around strippers and what they do for a living, and um, they just certainly face a lot of judgment for their jobs. And I think I wanted to show this sequence because I feel like people don't really connect the dots between what these women are doing and the fact that they are here at their jobs. This is them earning a living. This is them paying the bills. Uh -huh. We often see women spending money in movies and shopping, but we, we don't often see them earning money and see them as providers, and so I, I really wanted to show that. You want to dance? No. Here's a, highlighting Destiny's kind of loneliness and isolation in the club. And of course, there's Cardi. So minus 40% is 287. Now this was a, the real owner of the strip club and this was his actual office there. I wanted to, again, show the authenticity of this world and see the kinds of guys that, that work there and the way he handles money. It's just, it's obviously incredibly natural.
Yeah, Destiny is, uh, she's alone at this point in the story, and um, she is facing a lot of loneliness and, and isolation. This is before there's friends and sisterhood. She's, she's not really a part of this world, and there's Jacqueline Francis and Metatali and, and Trace Lissette. I wrote the parts for Trace and, and Jack, but, um, and Meta I had met a year and a half earlier and wanted her to be a part of it, too. So, really grateful. Wanted to see, you know, Destiny's home life and the, the life of a dancer. It often is waking up in the afternoon and, and getting ready to go and, and, of course, showing her relationship with her grandmother, played by Wei Ching Ho, who's just wonderful. What happened to your necklace? Oh, it's fine, Dorothy. I think this was one of the first scenes we shot was here in, in Grandma's house. It was nice to have this, this quiet and this sense of home, you know. I'll see you later, okay? Of course, her grandmother doesn't know what she's doing for a living. She thinks she's still working at uh, a diner. But... Destiny is providing for her grandmother, and and she's looking around at the club and, and seeing that she's, she's not sure if she can keep up, you know? She's not sure she's gonna make it here. And then, enter Ramona. This scene, obviously, was an incredible day of, of filming. Jennifer had trained so hardcore for this. whole training is like nothing else. I mean, obviously, she's an incredible shape and an incredible dancer, but she said it just requires muscles you didn't know you had. And you just find yourself bruised in, in places you can't believe. But Johanna Sapaki was our whole choreographer who worked with Jennifer on this routine for a long time and showed it to the DP and I, Todd Van Hazel, a couple of weeks before we shot it. And we just knew, oh my gosh, we have to treat this like a stunt. This is incredible. I think the script said uh, Ramona does one final flourish. <laughs> but when you cast Jennifer Lopez, you're going to get a lot more than one final flourish. So we were able to craft this uh, two-minute scene from Destiny's point of view, really, but also showing Ramona's point of view in a way and, and seeing that she is in full control. Ramona is in control of where this camera goes. She, she wants it exactly where it is. I'm not sure it was Todd and I. <laughs> I think it was all Ramona. We, of course, vetted all of these guys to make sure they were decent fellas. But this dance, when we saw her do it, I mean, I just had goosebumps. It was my birthday, and it was quite a party. <laughs> we wanted to use as much real money as possible, so a lot of that's real money. I'm afraid we lost a little bit of it on this day. <laughs> costume designer Mitchell Travers I mean he is just a genius this one piece that Jennifer is wearing in a way this is a role that you'd think that you've seen Jennifer in before but I feel like it's like like nothing you've really seen her in and so 
It's really exciting to see her play something dangerous. Now this shot, I mean, I, this was the first scene I had written actually, and I think the last scene that we had shot. So it was all building up to this in my mind. This, this was the scene where that felt most important to me. The moment that we have Destiny and Ramona forging their friendship for the first time. And after we've seen Destiny have all this, you know, physical contact with men and kind of strangers at her job, this is kind of the first time we see her in the arms of another woman and being wrapped up in Jennifer's coat. I feel like if, if Jennifer opened up her fur coat to you and asked you to climb inside, you'd do anything she said after that, so. <laughs> they had such incredible chemistry right away, and it was remarkable because I, I met both of them separately and just had this feeling that they would have this big sister, little sister relationship, and they really did. This was one of three real fur coats that we used that were rented, of course. The rest are fake in the film. I do feel bad about the fur coats and the smoking, <laughs> but I, uh, it's a part of it, of course. We're, we're in a period piece and we're showing the, the luxury and the lifestyle. And, um, you know, this was always the, the way in which these two characters met. I would never wear a real fur coat, <laughs> ever. I guess I'm just a people person. It's easier if you think of them as like your rich friends. You know, some of them are not so bad. This is also where Destiny is, you know, she's she's getting advice. She's getting advice from a, a seasoned dancer, someone who's been at the club and knows the system. And, you know, I don't think a lot of people know how a strip club is run. These dancers actually have to pay to work there. There are house fees. They have to tip out everybody. So at the end of a night, you could go home with minimum wage if it was a bad night. And on a good night, certainly, you could go home with a lot more money than, than you would at, a, at your desk job. But it's hit and miss. You know, you have good nights and bad nights. It's fast money, but it's not easy money, necessarily. I don't know. Showed me moves. Maybe we could work together, you know? This is the first time you hear what we're using as score. There's, I guess, technically no score in this movie, but I had written a lot of Chopin cues, his etudes, that are the, uh, studies, actually. So they are combinations of kind of the hardest things to play on piano for a solo, for solo piano. And it just reminded me so much of what these dancers are doing, the difficult moves that they're doing. It just always matched the arpeggios of, of Chopin. And at this point, everything was above board. I mean, I thought she was nice. So after that kind of fantasy scene on the roof, we, we get a dash of reality and we meet uh, our journalist character played by Julia Stiles and, and realize that, oh, okay, there's, there's two different timelines here. Destiny is telling the story of Ramona. Ankle hook? Yep. Knee hook. Hold on with that knee. Here, you can do the carousel. We always knew we wanted to juxtapose the scene earlier in which Ramona's on stage by herself and Destiny's in the audience and, and now see that Destiny's sitting on stage and is a part of it and Ramona's showing her her moves. Then <laughs> <laughs> you can go into a fairy fit. Oh. Again, costumes by Mitchell Travers. I mean, every earring really tells a story. <laughs> you see that she's wearing these Destiny earrings like, like Ramona had earlier. 
all of these moves, I mean, the amount of strength that's required to do tabletop. Usually when you're just learning, you start with the climb and then move to spins and then eventually do things like the, the inverted moves that Jennifer was doing earlier. But this is just such a sweet way to see the, the friendship that's forging between the, the two of them. Ready? <laughs> you go. There you go. Just point your toes. Okay. Constance had trained also and um, had a pole trainer, and we always wanted to obviously show the difference between these two women. Of course, she didn't have to be as skilled of a dancer as Ramona, but it just, it just was all a part of, again, seeing the two of them bonding. They do so much improvising and ad-libbing in, in this scene and many scenes. I, I loved leaving it open for them. They're, they're just such great improvisers, and they make everything feel so natural. And again, the Chopin piece. This is played by Thomas Lyre. I'd edited a lot of footage of strippers and strip teases and two Thomas Lyre's recordings of the Chopin etudes, and so I'm really grateful that we, we got to use them. Diamond from the Bronx, right? What's up, baby? Boogie down fucking Bronx. <laughs> and there's Diamond. Uh, you can help us out right now. This was obviously a, a scene that I was so excited to film and again keep open and let them run with it and improvise. Okay, that's good with that. Okay, come on. Show them what the fuck you got. <laughs> oh, there, yeah, that's good. I really just it was so great that Cardi was willing to play this 2007-2008 character. She really brought it. And it was really impressive because, I mean, I think everybody expects her to be a great improviser, but to her credit, she also played a character. She also read these lines that are these scripted lines and based this character on a, a girl she used to know. Right there. But of course, seeing uh, Cardi and Jennifer in, in a scene together, <laughs> it's kind of like, feels like a little schoolgirl scene. Come on now, you like you taking the shoes. That's all Cardi there. So this locker room scene, I felt like in order to cast the whole movie, I was just casting this locker room. I, I wanted to see all these women together and all these background girls. A lot of them are real strippers and added to the authenticity. Marcy Richardson is also known as Opera Gaga as an opera singing burlesque dancer. Lizzo, you may know as Lizzo. She is extraordinary on and off screen. I'm so grateful that Lizzo brought her flute. <laughs> and there's Jack the Stripper as well. It was so much fun to, to put them all in this scene together. Kiki Palmer, I've, I've wanted to work with her for so long. She's so wonderful. And he's crying. Yeah. What, girl, what's going on with Rodrigo? Well, I don't know. He's just been so jealous lately. Lately? Yeah. You can't let him... I had really written a lot of these roles for these specific people. Of course, Liz and Marcy and Jack and Trace and Cardi. And so to get them all in this room together... I mean, half the miracle, honestly, is scheduling. All of these people have such busy schedules that to get them all in the same room at the same time was, was half the miracle. I just want to chill on my couch 
in some feety pajamas with my nigga ice cream, no makeup. You see Meta laughing there because everybody really was just cutting each other up. Wait, I just make my boyfriend masturbate beside me. <laughs> Another great improv. Shit, I haven't had sex in two years. Oh, two years. It was so much fun to see all these women from different walks of life. I mean, megawatt stars and singers and performers and dancers and real strippers and actors, all of them coexisting in the same movie together. I, I, I thought it was a real testament to all of them as performers that that they were all in the same in the same scene. And enter Mercedes rule. <laughs> Felt so bad, we gave her like a 50 pound cake. <laughs> That's all Cardi, too. It's so fun to feel this camaraderie and sisterhood. This was always what it was all about that Destiny finally, through Ramona, through this friendship with Ramona, finally has, you know, a group of friends has entered into the fold. And now Ramona is giving her advice and showing her, you know, the ropes. You want them drunk enough to get their credit card? That run of a uh, single and double came from from Jennifer's research, actually. We had all done a lot of research. I mean, I had certainly done a lot of research in the writing stage but of course in the directing stage that's when you want to meet a lot of different people and Jennifer Constance and I all of us met with a lot of different strippers and talked to them about their experiences but we also wanted to get the the Wall Street part right and get the authenticity of these guys at their jobs I had worked at a boiler room when I was uh, 17 off Wall Street just doing secretarial work but it was a, a room full of phones and a room full of guys selling bad stocks to old people. So I, I, I'd been around this this kind of uh, behavior in, in the past. Now this guy, uh, who's our middle tier guy, John Forty, he, he acted as our Wall Street consultant as well. He was next to me as we filmed all those scenes and would walk around and tell the guys what they'd be saying into the phones. and. He'd be saying, you know, there's not enough watches. These guys were wearing watches back then. You know, we need more watches. So he was invaluable, same way that Jack was. CEOs. CEOs. This is Frank Whaley, who you may recognize from everything ever. Um, could not believe how lucky we got. I, I sent him, of course, a fan letter just to say, look, this role on paper is kind of a glorified extra, but... Um, we want to step this out and turn him into, you know, something really memorable. So um, I'm just glad a, a legend like Frank Whaley came to play. <laughs> Basically, everything that comes out of his mouth is his own. They spend $10,000, $15,000 in one night. This hallway, this elevator, this champagne room, the private area, even though we shot in a real strip club, this was all built separately on a stage by production designer Jane Muskie, who is a legend and a Jersey girl. I thought she really did an incredible job with this room. We wanted to um, make it different every time we saw it, even though it's the same space. So Todd and I spoke about this scene, soaking them in red. We talked about shooting them like 50-foot woman, you know, to show the power and control that they're in. Mist of a dream. 
fun fact, his side, <laughs> it's me walking around with their clothes, <laughs> unzipping Constance's dress and throwing it. We were on a crazy fast-paced schedule, so, you know, they were there with him, but when it came to his side, uh, the girls had to change for the next scene, so <laughs> that was a little bit embarrassing for me. But he, he did a great job, of course. And again, Mitchell Travers, that sexy choker, that, that red dress that Constance is wearing. So much of the music was chosen ahead of time and written into the script, but this was one of those songs that just came to us thanks to our assistant editor, Chris. He, he, he put this song in there and we, we just fell in love with it and, and needed it. It really tells a story. I love seeing the two of them in the scene together. Again, I mean, you just see the difference between... <laughs> Destiny is not used to getting the stack of money to bring home. <laughs> a lot of them do zip them up into their boots. And... She wasn't in it to make friends. It just happened. Of course, an Escalade had to be an Escalade. It's fucking hot. It's perfect. Because it's like classy, you know? And like, I just want to. It's perfect. But do you think it's too big? I like Ramona's outfit here. It feels like a little uh, homage to Pretty Woman. <laughs> and of course, counting out in singles. What are you looking at? Bring it up. Thank you. Where'd you go, baby? <laughs> this was always where I like that we, we get to go home with Ramona finally and, and see her home life and, and not just her beautiful closet, but everything about her, you know, including her swim line. You made these? Uh -huh. I like to use a lot of mixed media, so I like find leather pieces and then I get little like chains and I make belts out of them and this right here. We were so lucky to shoot in New York City. I mean, there's nothing like it. There's no place like it, but to just get the views out of the windows. I just can't imagine that we could have tried to recreate this anywhere else. You know, and not just the buildings, but the people, the crew, the New York crew. I mean, it never would have happened on this schedule without that group of people. He's a graphic designer, and he mocked up this logo for me. Swimona. Catchy, right? Did you go to school for that? Yep, 13 credits away. I always wanted this shot of the two of them in the mirror. A little bit of persona vibes. <laughs> Bear Cub, is that you? Mom? Oh, yes! Hi, my gorgeous girl! Hi! This is Manuela, played by Vanessa Espelaga. And, and that's Agatha Chellery, playing Juliet when she's younger. Don't be so shy, you must have cute boys. I really wanted to show that, you know, these women are moms. A lot of them are single moms, and they have different reasons for getting into the business. Destiny wants to take care of her grandma. And grandma for the rest of her life. Maybe go shopping. Yeah, and maybe go shopping once in a while. That's how I feel. I just want my daughter to... But yeah, a nice quiet moment between the friends and, and to see that, you know, that here they are 
they're just trying to make it. Everybody's trying to survive in this world and maybe even thrive, you know. People are dealt a certain hand of cards and can't really blame them for, for playing what they play. Well, I would explain my mother. <laughs> and here's where you get a little bit of backstory to Destiny and see this relationship between the two of them. Kayla Emter, editor, is brilliant. And I love this cut from the two of them on the couch to, to Destiny alone on the couch. How much of this is going in? I had always imagined writing the journalist into the story. When I first read the article, I, I thought it was incredible to see that there were these two women who built this business together and were being interviewed separately. I also thought we needed a stand-in for, for really the audience, for the, for the judgment that is often passed on these women. And so to see someone there really questioning not just where they ended up but where they started, that was always an important part of it for me. I help my grandma get out of debt. We're in the salad days here. inspired me to go back to school. Wow. I'm sorry, it's just... This is uh, Devin Ratray, who's a great actor. You'd recognize him, I'm sure, from movies like Nebraska, but he was also Buzz in Home Alone. <laughs> by your penmanship. Seriously, you could be a font. Thanks. Did you know that It was very fun to just uh, see men and women interacting with each other. It was a joy on set to just all of us feel like, you know, we're all in on the joke. I think I think in a way in life we're all in on the joke of of how men can be, how women can be and um, so we we had a lot of fun playing with that. I mean, I guess that's why my handprinting's so good, right? And here's Destiny kind of using the skills that Ramona taught her in order to, uh, to get something like a laptop, which helps her study. Proud mama. 2007 was the fucking best. So we got a, a cameo from g Easy, who was lovely and was, was so great and... It was really fun to watch him and Constance together. This was a freezing day. <laughs> I feel bad. It was very cold up on the roof, but I told them I had a feeling it'd be worth it. And Gerald, geez, I mean, I'm so grateful he was willing to play with our wardrobe as well, 2007, 2008. And that clip from the Kardashians, very grateful for that. That was, that was written into the script. This was one of those scenes where we asked Jack, the stripper, you know, what's some bad behavior at a club? And uh, crumpled up dollar bills was, was uh, certainly some bad behavior. If I could fuck a car. But then you see a good day like this. <laughs> this is fucking it. This is fucking it. Stick with me, baby. It's Britney, bitch. <laughs> Again, this is a, a song that was written into the script, so incredibly grateful that Britney gave us the rights and and the Cadillac dealership let us shoot in there as well. This was always envisioned as a, a montage between the, the women at their work and the men at their work, and uh, to see the exchange of money. Kayla Emter, really an incredible editor. She was my editor on The Meddler, and. Uh, she's really the reason I think I got this directing job because 
the two of us worked on a, a sizzle reel together, basically cutting different scenes from movies and music videos to try to create like a two minute trailer, let's say, of what Hustlers could be. And uh, Kayla did such an incredible job with that. It, it became a thing that I was able to show to people to, to say, you know, this is what I imagine for it. This was so much fun to see Cardi just yelling at Dom, damn it, Dom, and, uh, and have Trace and her boyfriend and all of them really, really hustling. This is the hustle, seeing them all work the floor the same way that the guys are working the floor. Last great night I remember. And this was the last great night I remember. <laughs> Lizzo is truly so remarkable. She called me Madam Director. It, it's a highlight of my life, as was this moment. We always wanted it to feel like, wait a second, did they really get Usher? Oh, no, they really got Usher. <laughs> so Usher was written into the script along with this song, Love in This Club, and um, I could only imagine that we would we would get him. Obviously, when you get someone like Jennifer Lopez and her team on board a project, it gets a lot easier to to get people like Usher to come along, but he really brought it. He had a lot of fun. He brought this chain and his jacket and his shades from, from 2007, 2008. And when I saw these women all on stage dancing together, it just really brought tears to my eyes. I think they're all so beautiful, and it just felt like a Renaissance painting. And again, Mitchell Travers' wardrobe is just on display, as is the athleticism of these pole dancers up there, Marcy Richardson and the others. <laughs> That's something that came from the two of them. Jack, Jennifer asked Jack, you know, what would I, what would you do with a guy like this? And we walked in the club and she said, you know, you'd treat him like he was nothing. You'd ask him his name. So she asked him his name and that's, that was his answer. And so <laughs> we had to get that. Everything was so glamorous. There was a day where I was sending Usher pictures of himself in hats to prove that he could still look like himself. <laughs> of course, he hasn't changed a bit. And now here it is, the crash. Everything really did change. I mean, obviously, it changed for everybody. But um, for, for this industry, and certainly in Wall Street's backyard, it, it changed so much for, for them. What, what $20 was, what... What someone's willing to do for $20, what someone expects for $20, it did change. And of course, Destiny, now pregnant, knows that, you know, her job is, is on the line as well. I promise. I'll take care of you. <laughs> In every screening we've had, when he says he'll take care of her, people laugh. <laughs> so I think they know what's coming. <laughs> And you hope it's a boy, just uh, maybe so it'd be easier on their own life, but... I lost touch with Ramona. She had a baby girl. It's just what happens when you have a kid. Stick to it this time, then! Stick to it this time! This relationship lasts, I guess, three or four scenes. <laughs> and again, I mean, Gerald and Constance, they, they really had to fight and just... We were trying to make this... Uh, little bit of a 70s movie here, you know, keeping everything alive in one take. This poor baby girl was crying whether we wanted her to cry or not. <laughs> so that was, uh, that scene came easier for her. And here's a chance to see Steven at home in a, a gigantic Hello. 
house. <laughs> it's echoing from the size of it compared to where Destiny is calling from. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Time flies, right? I mean, Devin is so, so funny. Where, where are you? Seeing him walk through this entire space. When we, when we found this house, I, it was all about, you know, what's the, what's the path he's going to take to, to, uh, to get, to take this phone call, you know, where, where's he going to go in his house? And truth was, it wasn't written into the script that he, he goes into a, a sauna. But when we found this house, I thought, oh my gosh, it would be so funny to take him from this, this giant living room, uh, all the way down to this ridiculous indoor pool and then, uh, find him walking into a sauna. That scene with, uh, Destiny and her daughter, that's one for the blooper reel. That little kid took a giant poop <laughs> and, and Constance couldn't stop laughing for about five more takes. My fiance became my wife. Right, yeah, yeah, I know, that's how it happens. Okay, bye, Stephen. You know, again, there's such a, a stigma around what these women do for a living, and I wanted to see Destiny go on a job interview after years out of work um, because of being a mom, you know. A year of waitressing? Did you graduate high school? Oh, I see here you got your GED. The judgment that's passed, you know, whether it's for someone's education or, or their job, where they, what they did previously. And here she is, all all dressed up. This is Kate Smith. She's a great actress. As soon as I, I saw her her tape, I wanted her for this part. Because then I would have it. We're really looking for someone with retail experience. Well, how am I supposed to get retail experience without retail experience? Here's the catch twenty two, isn't it? <laughs> Does feel that way when you you go on job interviews. You you need experience for the for the job you're trying to get. This was one of those wordless scenes to me that that said so much to see Destiny lying in bed with her daughter, knowing that you know she's going to have to provide. She's going to have to make ends meet. And not sure how she's going to do it besides the, the real opportunity to go back to the, to the club where she started. You're in my seat. I'm so sorry. After the crash, the, the clubs changed a lot. Um, the, the clientele changed a lot, but so did the girls that were working there. And for Destiny, you know, there's not a, a friendly face in the in the room until she she sees uh, mom, the house mom, who's who's now working behind the bar. Mom. Again, this was a just a great job of uh, of Jane Muskie and Todd Van Hazel, her entire crew, to to make this club a, a post-crash environment as well as the pre-crash. So we obviously had to change, you know, what it looked like, what the vibe was, how many how many patrons are there. Another Red Bull. Who are these girls? Russians, mostly. They look like models. They give them blowjobs for $300 a pop. 
And now Destiny knows she's she's not going to be able to keep up, you know. She's not going to be able to make ends meet. This is a really talented actor, Alex Bro, who's a wonderful person. I feel bad that he had to play such a creep, but he's a, he's a great guy and really good actor. This is one of those scenes that's it's hard to film just because it's so vulnerable, what your character's going through. And we knew we wanted to light it differently than, say, the champagne room felt when, when Ramona and Destiny were working it together. But, you know, they, they took the cameras out of this room, and so it, it changed everything. A hundred. One hundred. Please. Here. Three hundred. I knew I wanted his shirt to pop. You know, I wanted you to really feel that shirt that he's wearing. Because his eyes sort of disappear, you know, but you, you feel that shirt more than anything. All right. I like the idea that maybe she's not really even uh, sniffing there. It's one of those, one of those tricks, it's fake sniffing. I saw that he gave me 320. This is a real terrible moment, of course, where you realize how much she was taken advantage of by him. And I like seeing that, you know, she and, and the journalist, she and Elizabeth, they get it. They are both women, after all, women of a certain age. You know where my head was at when I saw her. And this is the first time you see... Lily Reinhardt, and we see that Kiki's a part of it, but really this is all about Destiny and Ramona seeing each other across the room. This was again one of those songs that I wrote into the script because it just felt like something that would obviously be playing in the club at this time, but also be something that it would be a strange song to give you goosebumps, but it, it does give me goosebumps to see the two of them together again. <laughs> oh my God, you're fucking gorgeous. Of had to have a diner scene. <laughs> had to. Two and a half. It rained 27 out of the 29 days that we were filming, but this was one of those days where we were hoping it would rain, and it did. It's so beautiful to see the two of them together again. Again with uh, Mitchell, our costume designer, we talked about what, what materials had that shine and, and could reflect light like this leather coat that she's wearing. And you could still see the glitter on, on Destiny's face from her night at work. Why didn't you call me? I love Jennifer in this scene. She just, it, I don't know, just reminds me of so many, you know that. so many performances that I, I love. Reminds me of like Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> reminds me of... Uh, you know, Goodfellas, and, and, uh, but also a little bit of Johnny Castle. <laughs> they, have a, they have a really beautiful relationship here. Do you remember what we were like back then? Remember? <laughs> we were like fucking hurricanes, <laughs> weren't we? I just need to make money right now, though, you know? Mm -hmm. I just want to, like, be independent, not need anybody, just me and Lily, that's it. So this was the opportunity in the script for us to then go back in time and see everything that Ramona had dealt with from the moment that the crash happened. We see all the girls now reacting to how, you know, their industry has changed. And how Ramona needs to find a new way to make ends meet. 
They were lucky to shoot in this old navy <laughs> in, the, in the Bronx. People were banging on the glass for Jennifer, so we were just lucky to get a few takes without the crowd screaming. I love Kiki Palmer. I mean, she is just so brilliant. Marvel, if you're listening, give this girl a franchise. Hey, Mark. <laughs> John Glazer. It's so funny. I think John was one of the first people cast in the movie. He just came in and ate a sandwich and uh, and read this part, and there was really no other choice but but John. I love seeing the, the piece of bread fly out of his mouth, and just everything he did with these lines was, was brilliant. What if I got somebody to cover my shift? Mercedes said that she oh could probably do it. Oh, my God. Come on. Took me forever to figure out everyone's stupid schedule. I know, Mark. I mean, really? Please, I wouldn't ask if it wasn't for my kid. And here's just the reality of it. I mean, you're, you know, you're a single mom. You just want to be able to pick your kid up from school. She's having a hard time. And, and this is your boss. <laughs> you know, it was, it was uh, also part of it wanting to see, you know, of course, you got the management at the strip club, but you got the management at uh, Old Navy as well. You got like a babysitter or a nanny or something? I can't afford that. And now here's Ramona without Manuela in her life, you know, without that extra help that she needs in order to make money. More hours, more money, more money. And his logic of, uh, you know, you just work, you just work more hours, and then you could hire a babysitter. He's here. He's doing his shifts. Craig's got two kids. <laughs> and of course, Ramona's right back at work. But the club has changed, like we saw it change for Destiny, but. Now we get to see Ramona trying to navigate it, even a pro. Yeah, why don't you take a break? No offense, we're just not feeling you. I mean, who could kick Jennifer Lopez out of the champagne room? How dare they? But times are different. She wasn't giving them what they wanted. You see these other girls are walking out of the room, ignoring what's happening, but Ramona, as soon as she spots Annabelle, played by Lily Reinhardt, she's gonna, you know, try to be there for her. Gonna have to dig this thing out of there later, but... <laughs> Where'd you learn that? Oh, just some old... There's something about that scene when we were filming. I, I just started to cry. I think it's just the innocence that Lily brings to the role, and, you know, just to see that someone had a family and someone had a whole life and whether they're a conservative family or a religious family or for whatever reason they're they're judging her for what she's doing for a living and they kicked her out of the house she's she's now without a family and Ramona you know just wants to bring her into the fold of course maybe Ramona sees that <laughs> she could be valuable as a member of the crew but I think she also wants to save her from from that experience so so the three of them form a group and now Ramona's training the girls in, in fishing. Look at their shoes, their watches, briefcases. Reese Coro, <laughs> I've been obsessed with him since Entourage, of course. But uh, it was so much fun to have him play this 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 small role. But everything he says is so funny. What are we cheers? To life. Cheers. Woo! You have to show the girls pretending to do their shots, of course. <laughs> Gotta learn how to fake drink. You know, there's a, a few different ways of fake drinking and 
fake sniffing, but that's uh, the most visual for sure. We should, do, we should go to a club. We should go to the strip club. I don't know. I don't know. Come on. It's naughty. Tomorrow we'll be at our desk at 9 a.m. Kiki said she always wanted to do that with someone's tie in a movie, so <laughs> had to give her that opportunity. <laughs> and we steer him to the club. Oh, yes, I do. It's just so fun to see this... Uh, you know, very strong in control man be turned into a puddle. <laughs> and of course, this is before they're um, engaged in, in truly illegal behavior. Easy breezy. Another round. And again, I think it's easy to judge what these women are doing, but this is, uh, this is how it's done, you know? You, you try to just get men to open their wallets and... Um, you know, he's he's having a party. He's having a good time. New York. A little more specific, baby. Fifth Avenue. Close enough. Hey. <laughs> Bye, Bye. Bye. Lily Reinhardt, I mean, she's so funny. She's such a gifted actor. She's she's a real star. I certainly know her work from Riverdale, but I saw her in a couple of indie films. She just has incredible chops, but she's so funny and a little strange. This is my high school friend, Mike Keller. <laughs> Had to get Mike in there. He's great. And some of them caught on. And this is now just to see the progression of, okay, fishing isn't, fishing isn't gonna work. Fishing isn't gonna cut it. So what are they gonna do? You know, they all have their own motivations. They all have their own reasons for, for what they're doing. Um, Mercedes, Kiki's character, her, her, her boyfriend or fiancé is in jail, and she needs to pay for a lawyer, needs to pay for his half of the rent. Annabelle can't move back home. And Ramona knows that, you know, the game has to change. Are you serious? So this is the point of no return, at least for the three women in this car. A short thing. What if someone gets hurt? Nobody's gonna get hurt. The worst is I have a bad hangover. What if somebody calls the cops? And says what? I spent $5,000 at a strip club, send help? <laughs> no, they won't even know what happened until... And that's part of the, the hard part is that, you know, it's, it's hard for men to uh, admit when something has happened to them. I think that's a stigma as well that's unfortunate, you know? It's a side hustle. Everybody's had to get creative, baby. <sighs> I know a girl in Queens who did it. Does she get and yes, this is inspired by a true story, and this is the kind of thing that happens. But, um, you know, this is certainly where the, the stripper movie turns into a crime drama. You know, this, this is certainly, uh, they're crossing the line here. I think we all know the difference between right and wrong, but I think it's really just up to, to you guys to decide, you know, what feels right and what feels wrong. How many times have you done it? Three times, including tonight. Works every time. We made five grand tonight, split three ways. Could make it four. Be like old times. Now this scene, it's, it's hard to not be convinced by Ramona. <laughs> She's very convincing. I think, uh, you know, some of whether or not she convinces you depends on, I guess, what you think of these Wall Street guys, what you think of they did to this country. There were a lot of notes for, for me along the the way that I, I didn't want to take for the script, like, felt like we didn't need to, we didn't need to change what the men did, what they, what they did to the country was, was pretty bad. <laughs> Fuck these guys. 
And you can see that Destiny's really, the, the wheels are just turning in her head. She's, she knows she can't go back to minimum wage. She knows she, this game is rigged. she knows she can't go back to the club. Who play by the rules. And Ramona's making a lot of sense. You know, I think part of what inspired this for me is, was not just, you know, the crash and, and getting to explore a world and all of that, but really that our, our value system is so broken that, that men are valued for their money and success and power and women are valued for their beauty and their bodies and whether that's for sex or motherhood. And, you know, those are the top boxes for us to tick. And the trickle-down of that feels very, you know, dangerous, feels like it seeps into every part of us. And I, I can't blame any women or men who are trying to work within that broken system. So in a way, I, I really, I mean, writing's an exercise in empathy, but I try to have empathy for the women and the men involved in this because, you know, we're all just working within this broken system, you know. So here's where we get to see Destiny is now a part of the group. This is her first time doing this. This is a wonderful actor by the name of Zach Jaffe who plays Gary and so funny and so gifted. The joy of something like this was, was putting a man in a bar stool and surrounding him with Jennifer and Constance and Kiki and Lily and just watching him turn into a puddle. But, I mean, they just improvise the heck out of this scene, as you can hopefully tell. <laughs> Not on, oh, okay. All right. Shots, lady. Okay, oh, yes. yes. You guys are sisters. Yes, same dad, different mom. <laughs> so that's all, Kiki. <laughs> now, this this shot coming up was uh, something that I had envisioned for a really long time. <laughs> and on the day, it was uh, it was really amazing to to have them carry him through the club. I wanted to, to write a scene where it just went to hell immediately. <laughs> where uh, the first time the four of them do this together, the first time we as an audience really get to see them do this, it's already crazy and um, potentially going wrong. Gary. Oh, Gary. Oh, Gary. Open your eyes, love you, Gary. Gary, wake up, Gary. Open your eyes, baby. Wake up, Gary. Open your eyes. Wake up. There you go. What's that, Gary? Another round, Gary? What are we gonna do? What do you want? Isn't this fun? Mm, that's it, baby. That's it, Gary. Come on, yeah, Gary. That's it, baby. Get it. It's also where you see that Annabelle, Lily Reinhardt's character, is afflicted by, by this. Uh, she, she throws up when she's anxious, and so this will become a, a runner. I love seeing Kiki and Lily together. They, they really play off each other so well. And just the power that Ramona has when she's walking out of that room. Approved. <laughs> and I love seeing the four of them celebrating together in, in Ramona's place. And this was a, an opportunity to, again, showcase Janet Jackson. The song is repeated at the end of the movie, too. I like the idea that these four girls are kind of always working on a routine together. <laughs> so you see them at the end of this scene working on that. Gary! 
Gary to me is just one of the funniest names, and I don't know why, <laughs> hearing all of them say it. Here's uh, Juliet Older, played by Emma Batiste, who's a great actress. I love seeing Jennifer with her. She's just so maternal and warm, and she's the mama bear of this group. They are a family. We are a family now. <laughs> a family with money! Huh? They go. <laughs> I always wanted to cut to Julia's face, <laughs> looking that shocked, but she really uh, just had such a funny expression. It really cracks me up every time. I suggested that we tweak the recipe. So what do you think? Now this scene, the, the cooking scene as we call it, again, this was one of those scenes that was always written to these Chopin etudes that were played by Thomas Lyre. Really excited to put this together as a as a montage. I think I drove my uh, props team crazy. They were trying to cook this stuff for weeks on end <laughs> to make sure that it looked right. So it's uh, ketamine and MDMA. But I always like this idea that it feels like mother and daughter baking a cake. And of course you have to sample it and uh, see the effect <laughs> that it might have. <laughs> Of course, Jennifer's idea to have the cigarette in her mouth during that. <laughs> How much? Just a sprinkle. You know, I'm still not sure about... You know, and Destiny still wants to make sure that it's as safe as, as possible. So, um, you know, she tweaks the recipe, but she also wants to make sure that, you know, they're not just targeting guys that they meet at bars. They're not just fishing for these guys. They're going after the guys that they used to know from the club. They're going after the guys that they know were partially responsible for the financial crisis. And, and you know, that they've got money. And uh, and so when, when Ramona goes through her phone, you can see a couple of last names that might be a little bit of a tip-off to some businesses, some business names. I always thought of this as, like, the pregame, you know, the girls hanging out before they go out for the night. And Ramona sends a picture of Annabelle <laughs> to uh, Laura Min. This was too fucking easy. Hi, David. <laughs> yeah, I can bring some of my friends. Now, this is uh, the guy who yelled Lucy Lou in the beginning of the movie, in case you remember him. We tried to put some familiar faces in there. And she introduces herself as Annabelle. <laughs> oh, that's part of the reason I wanted to cast Kiki so bad for this role. I just thought, you know, Mercedes is the one who makes Ramona laugh, and she really does. And that guy was one of the ones throwing crumpled dollar bills. And it's good to see men of different ages and different types. And... 
This song was something I, I've loved the song for so long. It's your voodoo working by Charles Sheffield. There's a lot of like old soul music and some R&B in there. Uh, music from different time periods. Charlie Rich had a song in here. That's fun to play with it because obviously there's the Chopin music, but there's also the club music in 2007 and 8 and 2011 and 12. But it was fun to, to mix it up and, and have music from a lot of different eras for, you know, lots of different feelings. That shot of the girls loading one guy into the car and loading another guy out was, uh, was really fun to try to pull off. <laughs> Here they are in a scene with champagne flowing everywhere. I don't think any of them were ready for how much the champagne was going to fly around. When they were popping the corks off, I remember they had done maybe three, and I just wanted one more because we had one more bottle. And Jennifer said to me, you're, you're, you're tempting fate here. And I said, I don't care. Let's do it. And she popped that cork, and it, of course, hit the chandelier and broke a light. So lesson learned. Listen to Jennifer Lopez. And here we get to see Annabelle and all of them, you know, with what they were able to do with the money. Destiny was able to help her grandma. Ramona was able to get Manuela back. And Mercedes was able to hire Dragon a lawyer. And Annabelle was able to get her own place. And of course, here they are shopping as well, because, you know, there is a moment where survival maybe turns to greed. And Ramona is, is in total control, as you know. We treated it like a business. So we'll have Annabelle meet J.P. Morgan and Mercedes meet Wells Fargo. She usually has no less than three phones on her at, at once. 5,000 on his American Express. And that lighter, that rhinestone lighter that Jennifer has in every scene, she carried that all day, I think. All day, every day. Invested in ourselves. This is where you see, like, the wardrobe as weapons. <laughs> you know, a bandage dress as a, as a weapon. I am an architect. No wonder you... This is another great actor, Ed Herbstman. He's uh, so funny, but, of course, he had to play a, a scumbag here. But to see Lily play off of him and, and, you know, it's kind of painful to see her trying to, like, play it cool, but trying to keep him at bay. And that's why Destiny and Ramona want to, you know, rescue those girls and and start outsourcing and, and building up their crew. Does anybody have any allergies? So they've got they've got mom back to uh to train the girls. All of these actresses are so wonderful. Ashley Neal, Georgia Jimenez, Lifshur, Hannah Weir, and Stormy Maya. They all came in in red and were just brilliant. Now, we're gonna work on our fake Two of them are, uh, came for open auditions through Show Palace, and Georgia's a, a burlesque dancer, and, and Stormy Maya's a playmate and an actress, and they're all just so brilliant and so sweet and fun. People change. And I'm not entirely convinced. You're not Fine, but I promise I'd buy her lunch. It was fun to shoot in a, in a mall. I think this was Jennifer's first day, so there was uh, quite a crowd. And uh, Mr. Bruce, of course. It's my dog's name, so I couldn't help myself. But Stormy is uh, the keeper of Mr. Bruce. And she's such a gifted actress, too. She's uh, really incredible. And 
again, the Chopin cue played by Thomas Lyre. The wild part, I think we had 30 minutes to shoot this entire shopping scene. <laughs> so this was, uh, this was a lot to do in one moment. No drinking, no drugs. And after you get the signature, then you can party your asses off. This scene coming up was the one that I had envisioned for so long. This is Scott Walker's next. I've been obsessed with this song. I've been obsessed with Scott Walker forever. I have a couple of his songs in my first film. Here's where you see Alex Bro again. That's our, our 320s guy getting his comeuppance. Next. <laughs> next. I was still just a Brandon Keener. He was in uh he was treating Destiny like garbage in that first champagne room scene, saying, who hurt you? And of course, Frank Whaley. So we wanted to bring these three guys back and and uh, and see what happens to them. But this song is brilliant, and we, we shot to this song, and so I'm really grateful that we got the rights to it. Unfortunately, Scott passed away while we were halfway through filming. Maybe a word, just a smile, some instant happiness, but no, no, next. Next. Oh, yeah, it wasn't so tragic. The high heavens didn't fall. Sexy number. Numbers. What's your mother's maiden name? Next. Next. Melanie? Maybe. I swear on the wet head of my first case of gonorrhea. And so we were trying to tell the story of, you know, three different stories were going on at once. Of course, this Alex Bro character, they're hoping that he's going to pass out, but instead he gets to his feet and starts dancing. <laughs> And uh, Frank Whaley is, I don't think we used it, but he was crying about his mother in that scene. And, and, since then, each woman and Brandon just keeps waking up and as the girls try to get his wallet. And of course, this was a, a stunt that we had to pull off on the day. That's all stormy ad-libbing. <laughs> and same here with, with Kiki and Georgia. I just handed her a, a menu and said, you know, you guys talk. Try to figure out what you want to order on his tab. <laughs> you could see gum hanging out of Frank's mouth in that last scene. Now, this was really exciting. This was when, you know, the women are kind of at their, their full power as a, as a group when we brought a hundred grand into the club and everybody got in on the action so exciting to have this rihanna song birthday cake play for this and they all got their cut and that's how it worked you know the women would uh would bring people into the club and and uh and share a percentage with with the club itself and to go out and promote the club wouldn't have had a business we weren't just some disposable dancers anymore i was and you see their their wardrobe changes you know they they start to um wear sharper clothes shinier clothes this was another thing to you know wanting to put songs back to back to back kind of like a dj would play them in a club without any break and here are these moving men taking this tanning bed <laughs> off of the truck and, and into Ramona's new apartment. The girls are moving on up. So glad we got this song too. 
And this was so fun to put the girls in these juicy suits. The juicy suits that basically Jennifer made famous. This apartment was wild. And uh, it was so much fun to have this Christmas in July, or <laughs> I guess it was Christmas in, in April. But all, all women Christmas was something that on paper just sounded exciting to me. But then once, once I saw them all there in the room together, it was just a thrill. Did you go to the bottom of the ocean for this? Yes, something like that. What is it? And to see them all giving gifts to each other, you know, it feels a little demented. I mean, after all, you know, crime is paying at this, at this moment in the story. But at the same time, you know, it's sort of beautiful to see them all giving to each other and, and um, you know, the sisterhood, the family dynamic. I think this is where you realize that a lot of these girls didn't have anywhere else to go. They don't have Christmas with their own families. They have, this is their family. And I don't know, that feels very relatable to me. I think, you know, we don't all choose our families and we, we try to build our families out of our friendships. And, um, and sometimes we get really lucky with that. I'm gonna carry all my other bags in it. It's so amazing. Oh my God, thank you, baby. Oh. Oh, okay, that's something for you. Now, this was hard because, again, you know, feel bad about the use of real fur. Someone like Constance is entirely against it, Stormy Maya's a vegan, so we had to be uh, blown away <laughs> by this chinchilla. What was it? Chinchilla. Oh, my God! <laughs> oh, my God! Oh, my God! Oh, my God! I'm so proud of you. And you really see the relationship that the two of them have with each other. I mean, of course, it's a family, but there's something about Destiny and Ramona that just runs so deep. We got to Kobe. I'm Kobe. No, Shaq. Kobe. No. Kobe and Shaq. <laughs> I love Shaq, by the way. No offense to Shaq. <laughs> okay, everybody. Come on, get on top of each other. Get together. Come on. Get close. Get cozy. And Scarlett Cher, that's um, Lily grown up. She's so adorable, so talented. She's four years old. <laughs> four years old, pretty remarkable. And for this family, my sisters, we are so blessed. Again, Chopin playing and showing just like the beauty and, and the just the warmth that, that they all have sitting around the table together. We tried to make the food, you know, half of it's a Puerto Rican Christmas, and, you know, you see that, you know, Destiny has her family around her. I don't usually get nervous around these types. I know you're getting They come into the club all the time. But I had a crush on this guy since I was 15, so I was like... Oh. But I knew I wanted Ramona to, you know, have the floor at some point and tell a story, and there was a joy in, in hearing her tell a story about, you know, a famous man. Jennifer really disappears into this role. I'm not sure how she does it. I'm telling you. Anyway, so he picks me up on this white Porsche. Oh, no. <laughs> and all he tells me is to wear a hat. Fucking Kentucky Derby! Yes, that's what I thought! That's what I thought, that's what I thought. But then all of a sudden... I love Grandma in this scene. <laughs> I love Nana. She's like on the edge of her seat. 
doctor, a butler, and I just didn't have the heart to tell him, like, I hate crying. <laughs> so there I am in this gorgeous marble. This story may be based on some, something. Sit here, baby. You know, Annabelle can vomit on cue. This was Lily's first day on set. I felt so bad because um, she had so much traveling to do back and forth between our set and Riverdale's set at the very beginning of our shoot. So she was such a trooper. Paparazzi shows up, ruins everything. And I have to say, that's the end of the PG-13 version. I had written into the script that, uh, that Grandma once danced with Frankie Valli, and I, I, I had only hoped that we would get Frankie's music. So I'm just so grateful that he gave us the rights to use that. This is based on my mom telling me that she danced with Joe Namath once. <laughs> so there you go. I love seeing women of all ages dancing to this music too. It's so fun. And of course, Ragdoll is the best. But there's a later cue of his too that, um, you know, we got the rights to, thank God, because I've written a character's name based on Dawn. <laughs> but that was again a moment to see the four of them working on this, this routine together. On your wedding day. And he says, me? We had so much fun. Christmas really was Christmas. I can't describe it. There was so much joy in this room and just putting on Frankie and having all of them dance. And, and like when your worlds collide, when you're someone like Destiny who maybe, you know, getting your grandma and Ramona together seems like, you know, maybe it would never happen. And then suddenly there they are and they're hitting it off. It just is such a great feeling. But after, of course, this, this fantasy scene, here's reality again. Here's that dose of reality except that Destiny's gonna give some reality right back to her this time. And Elizabeth. I really wanted to see this dynamic between two women of the, around the same age who obviously have very different life experiences, different upbringings, grew up in different houses, different levels of education and, and money. What would you do for $1,000? Of course, the answer is gonna depend on what you already have and what you need. So Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't think I should even talk to you anymore. It's just, I don't... But it's uh, also interesting to see the similarities as much as the differences, you know? That's okay. I understand. Ramona said the same thing. And here's where Destiny realizes that um, Elizabeth has also interviewed Ramona and, and spoken to her the day before. Where? So for someone like Destiny, who control is a very important theme for her. At this moment, she feels a little out of control of her own narrative and feels like she needs to take it over, you know? And she can just picture this interview, so this is a flash of, of what she's imagining in her head. Well, I mean, if you talk to her, what do you need to talk to me for? And I think Elizabeth knows exactly what she's doing when she, when she brings this up. She's, you know, trying to get more out of Destiny, so... Everybody's hustling. <laughs> Where was I? <laughs> <sighs> Fucking copycats. And this is the moment that Ramona decides that they can leave the club out of it and actually just uh, keep all the money for themselves. So 2013, 
I think this is, you know, when things start to go downhill. There was a sort of typical rise and fall story at the heart of this. Of course, I wanted to use different timelines and and fill it out more than that and tell a larger story than that. But here we are in the fall, and we see that Destiny and Ramona's relationship is now splintering as as their values are, are changing. You know, Ramona's all about the money. <laughs> she just got out of jail. And, and Trixie? She's still in jail. Ramona, quit bringing home strays. We're breaking the law here. We don't want to work with criminals. I know how much I love And yet here she comes. <laughs> this is Madeline Brewer as Dawn. Uh, I am just such a fan of hers. I saw her in this movie, Cam, and she's so brilliant and really wanted her for this role but wasn't sure if, if we could get her. And here's where you see that Destiny is incredibly jealous of the connection that Ramona has with Dawn right away. I said, what is it, like a cult? And again, Frankie Valli coming to save the day. It's like if we're a team. And I love that she's wearing that chinchilla coat <laughs> the whole time. She doesn't even take it off inside. And bringing in new people? No, right? I think I'm gonna buy these. Where the fuck is she? Relax. She's a pro. But everything's different now. You know, when you cut out the clubs, now it's all about hotel rooms. And um, we shot at the Gansevoort. This is an actor, Randy Kaplan, who just made us all laugh out loud. <laughs> so funny. Real typical New Yorker. And we can see Destiny is just, everything's different for her. She's just a little worried, but a little jealous. All of that combined. Two, four, three, seven. Good girl. I got you. <laughs> because it is a friendship story, after all, it it is, uh, you know, Dawn, of course, is, is getting in the way of the business, but she's also really getting in the way of the friendship between the two of them. Ramona didn't care as long as she was making money. Ramona just found someone to, to do the dirty work, you know? in a way that no one else is willing to, because Dawn is willing to, to push the boundaries of what's okay. Yes, thank you. It wasn't long before she burned through our regulars, which left us with unpredictable strangers. Where is he? Out back. This was a sequence. You can see Kiki's wearing vintage Swamona. <laughs> She's wearing a, a piece designed by Ramona. Well, you're right. This was a... Uh, a stuntman named Rob Stats, who was uh, <laughs> very generous with us. <laughs> God. All right, come on, help me get his legs. Is, is he dead? Not yet. We're not going to kill him, are we? No, we're going to take him to the hospital. Come on, help me. Come on. Okay. Help me get him. Uh, I felt bad because, of course, Kiki and Constance really did have to carry this man. <laughs> and it wasn't easy. And he is, okay, well, that. legally, he's wearing a prosthetic, but. This was a sequence I, I really wanted to, to show the stress of, of this lifestyle as well. Obviously, this is where it starts to feel like 
not worth it. <laughs> that they're really very close to being in trouble. And Destiny's trying to, you know, keep us afloat without Ramona. <laughs> our, uh, our brilliant first AD, Colin McLellan, who I, I call him a general artiste. He is truly a, a general and yet also such an artist. He had us, like, act this out like a little school play ahead of time <laughs> before we got on the process trailer. The, they were in four chairs in a, in a living room. Poor Lily. I think that was graham crackers and Sprite <laughs> that she had to put in her mouth all the time. Thankfully, it tasted like graham crackers, so that's good. Mercedes, come on, help me. I'm coming, I'm coming. Jesus Christ. Come on, help me get out. Well, what are you taking them? We're taking inside. I thought we were just gonna leave them here. We can't just This leave is them. one of those things that I didn't realize I've put in other movies of mine, but this is apparently the second time I have someone running away in a parking garage, so, um, oh well. That one, this one that Kiki does is, is uh, really cracks me up, though. And these were some real EMTs, just like we were always trying to get, you know, real strippers and real management and, and real cops. Constance is brilliant here, the way that she wails and then just cuts off. <laughs> and I believe this is the first time that you see her new house, which she's, you know, been interviewed in, but um, she moved on up with without us, us seeing him at. And, of course, she moved to suburbia to try to give her kid a, a, a you know, find her kid in a good school and everything. But... Here's the price she's paying for what she's doing for a living now is, you know, coming home too late to bring her kid to school. And of course, she's wearing her outfit from the night before. We made Constance do this run probably seven or eight times. <laughs> it was a lot in those boots, of course. great actor, Kirstie Bryan, with Scarlet Cher. What's remarkable is you just see this kid notice the blood on her shirt. It wasn't something that we really told her to do, but she, she just saw it and actually does a double take. This is where you see, you know, the world's colliding again. She's a mom after all, just trying to get her kid to school on time. But <laughs> she did not have a night like everybody else. But you still see the judgment. You know, in a way, you wonder how much of that judgment would have been passed on where she started from and not just where she ended up. That's why I'm so grateful for STX, Adam Fogelson, STX, and our producers, and Jessica Elbaum, and Elaine Goldsmith-Thomas. They really just saw the vision of, of, you know, we're not telling a black and white story here. Things are going wrong. 
things are going horribly wrong. But, you know, how much are you still rooting for these characters to figure it out? And this friendship, after all, you know, Destiny and Ramona. Don't ever fucking call me again. It's so splintered from, from what's happened. This was a hard day of shooting, of course, because it's really heartbreaking to say goodbye to Grandma here. Constance is such a gifted, dramatic actor. I know people know her so much from Fresh Off the Boat. Of course, she's brilliant and crazy rich Asians, and but she's she's such a gifted, dramatic actor. We put her grandparents' names on the headstone here. Not that we see it, but to you know, put her in that headspace, and she was there. You know, she was she showed up to this cemetery devastated. Showed up to the cemetery for a funeral. And as soon as Ramona sat in there, that's when she really broke down. And I love seeing that they're the only ones there, after all. The cemetery that was right along that, that the road was really quite beautiful. Do you really want to stay with us? You still see the cities there, you know, it's not, it's not just the greenery. You know, I'm supposed to meet someone tonight if you want to join me. Take your mind off. You know, and they, <laughs> she tries to get out, and Ramona keeps pulling her back in. <laughs> it's one of those vulnerable moments where I think Destiny really wants Ramona back in her life and really wants to, to be with her. You know, not just to make the money and everything, but to, but to still have that friendship around. This magic number. You know, if I could save enough money, I could start clean. Just me and Lily. Maybe a score so big that we would never need anybody. Is that what happened with Doug? Uh, I don't know. We really wanted these scenes, these interview scenes, to feel so different from, obviously, the rest of the movie. She'll say anything to make herself... Obviously, we're in 2014 at this moment. So she had a lot to say. What'd she say? She said you had a tough time growing up and that you spent a lot of time alone. This is really where Elizabeth tells Destiny, you know, what she knows about her based on what Ramona said. And I think at first Destiny's kind of horrified at the idea that, that her life was told to this journalist. But it really hits home for her and kind of reminds Destiny where she came from. Is that true? I mean, Destiny's a mom after all, and she wasn't raised by her mother. She was raised, you know, by her grandparents, and... You know, sometimes moms need a break. And I think that's part of the psychology of her all along, you know, why she's often asking people, are you still there on the phone? And, you know, part of why it's... I don't know, when you've been hurt in that way, it's like you want to push people away before they can hurt you, you know? And it's, it's hard to trust people, really. Destiny, I know I'm supposed to think that what you did was terrible and that these guys didn't deserve it. But to tell you the truth, I don't feel sorry for them. Well, I feel sorry for them. 
And I wanted you to hear that, you know, Elizabeth may maybe doesn't feel that sorry for them, and but that destiny does. I'm in the back seat of this car. This uh, this dream she's describing, of course, is related to the themes of control. Driving the car, and like I have to like get to the front seat. I think this is also one of those things that when you felt out of control in your life, whether it's something that happened to you when you were young or happened to you at any point in your life that. You know, you you really want to hold the wheel. You really want to feel like you're you're in control of your life, of your destiny. Why aren't you talking anymore? And of course, Elizabeth just wants to really know about the friendship and why her and Ramona aren't talking anymore, and why she, why she and Ramona aren't talking anymore. And, and that's when Destiny's going to have to call off the interview. And I always wanted the sound to drop out here. I wasn't sure if, you know, people were going to let me get away with it. <laughs> but I feel like. You know, once Destiny's done talking, now Elizabeth is is forced to fill in the blanks, and that's why we follow Elizabeth home. You know, she's picking up the story where Destiny left off. Until, of course, Destiny calls and has to continue telling her story. I think that's part of it. We all want to control our own narratives. You know, we all want to tell our own stories, and so I think Destiny wants to explain herself. You know, she wants to feel understood. That's something that felt really relatable to me when I was working on the story, that that Destiny really is is trying to, to be understood and feel understood. How could it get worse? Which included his house being destroyed by a fire. This is such a gifted actor, Stephen Boyer. I am obsessed with him. Of course, he's he's playing someone that we genuinely feel bad for that he's in this situation but he just was so funny every day we were all just laughing so hard and but he's he's such a brilliant actor we had a hard drinks and of course this is the moment you know Doug is Doug is that character that when we see what happens to him we we maybe don't feel the same way that maybe we did earlier if we enjoyed other people flat on their backs. I don't think we enjoy seeing Doug that way. Was round. That's part of the the fuller picture that I wanted to paint. It was, um, you know, there are no real heroes and villains, but we do know the difference between right and wrong, and, you know, some people are good, good guys. <laughs> I was fired. Can you please just credit back my debit card? My mortgage payment's on there. Uh, what are you talking Now, Julia, once, once Destiny hung up the phone or, or couldn't answer the question for Elizabeth, Elizabeth has to, you know, start interviewing Doug and starts, starts opening up the story and starts interviewing other people because Destiny is not really able to tell this part of the story fully herself. I'm really sorry. Put the phone down, Destiny. Now, this was a scene where Ramona and Destiny... <laughs> fight and we had stunt women but we did not use them this is all Jennifer and Constance wrestling each other and the phone flew out of Constance's hand on the first take and hit her in the bridge of her nose and we thought oh my gosh I know Jennifer was so upset with herself we thought we were gonna have to stop filming but Constance was a total trooper this was a scene I'd been picturing and wanting to shoot for a really long time. This is my recurring nightmare. And uh, we shot with in a pod car. There's a, there's a driver sitting on top of that car, driving it. 
Mario Polite. Mario is not only an actor, but he's also a working firefighter in New York City. Seeing him dab those slices of pizza really, really made me laugh. <laughs> but he was always so, he was invaluable. He was so great to ask questions like, you know, what would, what would you really do here? How would you really interrogate someone? How would you really arrest someone? So he, he was great, along with Paul Nielsen, who's, I think he's mostly retired, but he, he, uh, he's still on canine unit. With, he's got a, a bomb-sniffing dog that he brought to set one day. It was very fun. These guys are all great. We're like a little gang. You were just a target. We just gave you a little sprinkle. We were so lucky that Bob Seeger let us use this song. There was a, a point in editing when Kayla and I were working on this that we thought, you know, the cops need their own soundtrack, actually, and we want to bring some of that music from the beginning of the film into this part of the story. Did you bring the drugs? Where is he? He's in the bathroom. And so, you know, now Don is is uh, wearing a wire. Look, like, I don't think that he likes me. So, I don't know. I think one of you is... We really wanted to feel the tension in this scene, of course, between these <laughs> these women. But, of course, I think, no, no, I think no. Destiny knows something's wrong here. <laughs> this is Peter O'Connor. He's a great actor. Hey, these are my friends that I told you. Love to see him in this scene with these women. And of course, Destiny's, you know, changing her name for this moment. She does not trust what's going on here. We're going to fix you a drink. So you stay there, okay? <laughs> we'll see about that. Madeline is so brilliant at playing this person who is <laughs> half in control and half in the bag, of course. Hope you're thirsty. <laughs> Do it. Just go ahead. Huh? You found him. Go ahead. I really have to give it to all the hair and makeup and wardrobe people involved in this movie. They really <laughs> brought everybody's looks together. Slancha. Peter had so many great ad libs during that scene. He's he's really incredible. You're being paranoid. No, I saw the same fucking Buick parked outside the Gansport. It's not a Buick. We had the sun coming up on us, which was half good because it, we wanted it to feel like the sun was coming up, but we certainly didn't want the sun to come up. So this was this was one of those scenes that was we were chasing we were chasing uh, the darkness. <laughs> We cannot comment on that at this time, but what we can tell you is the amount of people that were willing to talk to us so small. So, yeah, so now Elizabeth is, of course, talking to the officers involved in the case. You don't want to admit what happened to him, you know, being victimized by a woman. So we did some investigating, and we found the Connecticut architect who moved said failed to pay a $135,000 bill. He racked up drawing four visits to the club. For a night of pleasure, he can't even remember. We wanted to show, you know, that... The men do face a stigma. I mean, here, even these cops are, are laughing at what happened to them. So, I mean, you could certainly have a laugh about someone having this happen to them four times. But, you know, I think it's easy for people to pass judgment on these men as, as much as the women. Although, this guy, I'm, I'm not sure how much I empathize with him. <laughs> but when you put it together with Doug... But Doug, of course, you know. Peter, Peter, these are 
These are my sisters. Ed really was so funny. It's so many great ad libs during this scene. Scary, isn't it? I mean, we got so spooked, none of us went back to the club anymore. And there's Julia's face to button the scene as always. I had pictured Lord's royals to this entire sequence, but I was told that she had never given the rights to one of her songs to be licensed, so certainly wasn't supposed to get my hopes up, but on the day I said to Jennifer, I'm, I keep picturing this to something. Do you want to hear the song? And she said, yeah, so I, I played her, you know, the song, and of course I think I only played like eight seconds of it, and she was like, yeah, yeah, and so that's why she uh, she got the rhythm of it, of course, immediately. and walks up the street kind of to that beat, but we, we timed out everything in the sequence to uh, this song. We sent Lord um, this sequence actually to, to watch along with a letter, of course, explaining why I felt so passionate about it and why it felt like it was a part of the storytelling. So much of the music is a part of the storytelling and so incredibly grateful that Lord gave us the rights to this. I, I, guess, she, I guess she didn't mind it. I love Jennifer in this scene. She does such a brilliant job. I mean, you can just see how devastated she is that she's going down. She just, part of her wants to make a run for it. Part of her <laughs> knows that this is it. And here's Dragon. He was so wonderful. The two of them had such great chemistry. And... and we shot in a real prison, so this was a... Uh... This was hard. This was reality. Um, you know, seeing buses go in full of inmates and, you know, new intakes and people in the cells. And it was it was really hardcore. Lily does so, so much with her eyes. She's she's so brilliant. She's got such a expressions. And I love that she tries to run out the window. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Again, Mitchell Travers with this outfit. I've been trying to find this denim bomber everywhere since this. He really... Um, picked some incredible looks for the four of them because I, I wanted them all to feel different. They're obviously in different places when they when they get arrested, so they're all, um, you know, experiencing different things in life at that moment, so their four looks very different. But Jennifer's juicy jacket, I mean, we talked about boxer vibes, fighter vibes for her character always, and, and, and so that, you know, her hood up is uh, part of that. Unbelievable. You guys are really something. You know that? Does Tony know about this? Take a seat, Ms. Vega. This is crazy. We didn't do anything wrong. You know, Tony wouldn't let this happen. I'm going to text him. Who gave her her phone back? Think about you. So here, Mario and, and Paul are, are um, really grilling Constance here. They, they really did break her in this scene. They're scary, you know? They're real cops sitting there. <laughs> You don't think they're gonna rat you out? Think about your daughter. Mercedes is probably gonna use dragon's orders. This was a uh, this was tough because of course you know, the most emotional scene between the two characters is, um, was being shot on a New York City street, so we had a lot of uh, 
paparazzi and crowds and um, it was really tough to, to navigate, honestly. And I'm just I, I'm so impressed with the two of them that they were so able to stay in their heads and, and in the scene. And in that moment, Jennifer knows, you know, she can understand why Destiny did what she did. She's a mom. She's got a daughter to think about. But she also is so furious. <laughs> and, you know, can't believe it's over. What is the mental illness? I always thought these two really did need this, this kind of tearful goodbye, you know, that it couldn't last, you know. Like those friendships that kind of save you from trouble and get you into trouble. <laughs> as much love as there is there, you just you just can't stay together, you know. <laughs> and we wanted that phone to ring under the uh, under black to see that, you know, Destiny's calling someone a year later, and could it be Ramona, but no, it's Elizabeth who's having her baby shower at this moment, and... I'm good. I'm really good. Lily's great. Um, oh, I put the house up for sale. You know, Destiny still wants to have that relationship, still wants to explain herself, still wants to feel understood, you know. Help me get a job in pharmaceuticals, um, so I'm really excited about that. Are you still there? I'm here. So I was just and she doesn't talk to Ramona anymore, you know, so this is kind of that, that way of reaching out and kind of having contact with someone who had contact with her, you know. Yeah. She still wants to know what she said about her. She's still curious. I think female friendships, you know, they run deep and sisters fight, you know, and so uh, that was a, a part of why this story is so complex and complicated because... Of course, they had this business, and so many things went right, and so many things went wrong, and they went down for it, and they, um, you know, Destiny took the deal. But at the heart of it, it's it's a story of, of friendship. Walk up right next to where I strip, so I was staying at his place like every night. But one morning, I go back to my place, and the door is wide open, and I was freaked out. You know, I was like, Oh my God, all my stuff, all my valuable stuff, is in this place that I'm not even sleeping in. So I think this was Julia Stiles' first day and first scene, and, and she said that watching Jennifer in this scene, she just had to keep her jaw off the floor. She was just so blown away by her. And I do think Jennifer is pretty remarkable in this scene. She just brings so much warmth and humanity to this role as she's showing the things that meant anything to her in her life. And I think it's where we get a glimpse of this character that you know, maybe we forgot about because she had been so ruthless at some point. Maybe we forgot that at heart she's, uh, you know, a friend and a mom and a daughter and a sister and and a worker. And you have amazing skin. Is that you? That's me. That's also where we realize that she's been carrying this picture of, of Destiny as a little kid around in her wallet and... Um, even though they haven't talked to each other in a year. Wasn't she the cute? <laughs> that really is Constance's picture. I love that picture. She's so cute. 
You know, we used to say, if only we had known each other back then, you know? Maybe we could have looked out for one another. Maybe our lives would have been different. Yeah, I think sometimes it's hard. You look back on your life and you you want to write a letter to your childhood self. <laughs> and uh, I, I think that's kind of the feeling I have with these two and looking at their younger selves, you know. We've all come a long way. What else you want to know? That's another one of those brilliant Jennifer ad-libs. And we see finally how that, you know, understanding that what, what Ramona said about her is so meaningful to Destiny. I always wanted to see their, their friendship in, in reverse, you know, take them from where they last said goodbye to each other and to, back to where they first met. And a few of the shots are things that we never saw before. Yeah. And of course, they, they were punished for their crimes, for the most part, and I think in a way, the punishment for Destiny was, was losing the friendship. Really wanted to end the movie bringing us back to the club and, and saying that, you know, yes, all this happened, the story happened, these women committed these crimes and went down for it, but the world keeps turning and the clubs are still alive and men are still men and women are still women and our value system is still what it is and not a lot has changed really, you know. The whole country is a strip club, the rules of the club are the rules of the world. And until that changes, I don't think we should be uh, criminalizing or stigmatizing the women who do this for a living or the men who walk in to these clubs. And this is where we get to see the, the dance that they've been kind of working on behind the scenes. <laughs> Nappy tabs choreographed this number for them. And the girls learned it so fast. It was really cute. And we bring our DJ back, you know. Well, if you're still listening, thanks so much. Um, I had so much fun making this movie with all of these people. I can't believe the cast that we assembled. And um, I'm just so grateful for all these names that you see going by here. Producers Jessica and Elaine, Jennifer and Benny, and Will and Adam. Honestly, I, I don't know how this story would have been told without them. Robert and Adam, their support, Megan from the from the jump, Alex and, and Pam. I mean, all of these people, they were so instrumental. Todd Van Hazel is a gem of a human being. If you are gonna make a movie, these are the people you're gonna wanna make it with.
And of course, Janet, miss you much, just playing again. Gives me such good vibes. It makes me want to call up old friends. <laughs> good night, everybody. I'm sure I'll see you again real soon. And of course, this last shot. Trace looks so gorgeous. Jennifer, all of them, Meta, Constance, Kiki, Jack. I just love seeing them all there. And of course, Ursher baby. <laughs> We really had such a great time making this movie. Our last week was in the club, and we really tried to blow it out. I really am so grateful to all the background actors and the New York crew that 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 managed to put this together. The the club, the the strippers who unfortunately didn't work the club that week. I am grateful to them. As you can see, it takes a village. Movie making is such a collaborative effort, and I, I never could have done it without the AD team. It was really incredible. Um, Colin and, and Ginger Gonzalez and, and Abby, they were, they were just real artists, truly. They, they're partially responsible for every frame of, of the movie. It's just seeing the dancers and the patrons in, in the background and making sure that every shot is feeling alive and, and you know, the continuity was... Uh, it was just a remarkable group of people. The locations for this movie, I mean, that was so, that was so hard to uh, pull off because the script was really ambitious and had us all over New York City. And so um, I'm really grateful that I didn't have to compromise too much on, on the page, that I was really given the resources and the the space to, to find these locations in, in New York City. And, and of course, New York is a character. <laughs> and here's again, beautiful Chopin being played by Thomas Lyre, who is a, a brilliant pianist out of Germany. Jimmy. He'd pick me up every day. He was so nice to me. <laughs> and when it was my birthday, he decorated the van. <laughs> Shout out to Jimmy. I really am so grateful to, to everyone from the beginning to the end of this uh, process. It, it, it's been years in the making, but um, the 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 gun went off in mid-January, and and the movie's out in uh, mid-September. So it was a really wild schedule, eight months from from green light to release date. Um, but I, I'm just so grateful for the support from STX and the producing team. Um, it was a it was a hard project to get off the ground, as you can imagine. Um, the, the characters I felt like were being judged, not just where they ended up, but where they started from. And so it was a, it was a real journey to convince people that this was a story worth telling, that these women's lives had, had value, and that um, there were themes that we could touch upon here from, you know, our value system and 
gender as it relates to money and, uh, you know, a stripper movie about capitalism. Uh, that was always very interesting to me. But the friendships and the, the characters, that was always most important. And so, so grateful to this cast and the performances that they gave. And of course, our music, our incredible list of, of music and our cues. And Kayla Emter, my editor, I, I really honestly don't know how she uh, managed to pull this together in, in this amount of time. Night Moves is uh, Kayla Emter's favorite song. She had the sheet music in a frame on the wall in our editing room. She would put it on at the end of the night if we, if we were, like, needing a, a pick-me-up. And so the fact that that ended up in the movie... Bob Seger, you'll never know how much we love you. <laughs> Thank you, Panavision Deluxe E-Film. The DXL2 was a brilliant camera to use, and uh, I'm so grateful for our entire camera department in the state of New York. Thanks so much for listening to the commentary. I really appreciate you watching Hustlers, and I, I really hope you enjoyed it as, as much as we enjoyed making it. Take care. <laughs>